What is up, Golf Addicts? David with the Tour Junkies. You have downloaded the Masters 2017 podcast. It is by far our most exciting podcast of the year. We love this week right here in our own backyard, the Augusta National, the Masters 2017. We are joined this week by our friend and veteran podcast uh, you know, contributor, Stephen Bowditch, PGA Tour Pro, Baudo, as we like to call him. Baudo joins us. He gives us some phenomenal insight into a couple of key PGA Tour stat categories, as well as we just make some picks, man. We talk through who we like out of this field here for the Masters in 2017. We give you the strategy that you need for DraftKings, for Fantasy Draft, for FanDuel, whatever it is you're playing. We have got it. And let me let you know, we're recording this on Sunday night, but we have a ton of content coming out on rotogrinders.com in the daily marketplace. The Tour Junkies product there is the shot in the arm. It's $5.99 for the week of Masters, and we have a comprehensive Masters cheat sheet for you. Hopefully, all your screens will be green after listening to this podcast and subscribing to The Shot in the Arm. We really appreciate the support. Enjoy the show with our buddy Stephen Bowditch, and as always, may your screens be green. It's Masters Week! What is up, golf addicts? It is Masters Week. Me and P. Perry are in the house with a very special guest, one of our all-time favorite podcast guests, just all-around good guys, PGA Tour Pro and Tour Junkies podcast veteran, Stephen Bowditch, otherwise known as Baudo, on the phone. What's up, Baudo? How are you, man? What's up, boys? How are we doing? Masters Week. Can't wait. Masters. Masters in Augusta. <laughs> I'm ready for it, man. I am ready for it. But before we get into it, Baldo's going to stick around for the entire show, um, all three hours of it. And um, before, we, before we get into it, we, we do have to acknowledge that Russell Henley has played his way into the Masters by winning the Shell Houston Open. And for once all year, I had him in my one and done. Now I'm like up to half, half. I'm like in top fifty percent of the field now. Thank you, Russell Henley. Um, but other than that, Pat, any any green screens for you this week, or is it kind of you still in the dry spell? We need a dry spell update. No, um, so dry spell continues, and so does my green on screen. all fronts. All front, all front. Uh, there was okay. there was no green screens. It was pretty pretty terrible. Uh, I got caught up in the wave of all the guys that were at the top. Uh, of the field. I went kind of with a studs and duds approach last week, and that didn't work one bit. Because we had all these guys just kind of blow up. You know, and that's, that's all right. First question here for you, Baldo. What do you think? So, Steve misses the cut, Reed misses the cut, Stinson misses the cut. Who else was up there? There's a bunch of guys that just, I mean, did they just not care, or you just think it was just hard, or they just weren't playing well? What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, the, the golf course was set up a little different than normal. You know, it was, it was a little damp coming into it. So, uh, you know, we, we unfortunately got a lot of mud balls too. So a little bit of frustration was probably in there. Uh, once they knew, you know, that they didn't want to fire on all cylinders. Um, but, you know, uh, so the guys approach it so differently, you know, leading into majors. Um, you know, uh, 
the week before a major is always a tough one uh, for what you guys do, uh, I think, just because, you know, they, the, the, unfortunately or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, the big guys aren't really, um, they want to play well, but their, their end goal is to be ready, uh, you know, come a week from Thursday, not, not you know, not Thursday right. they're at right now. So, uh, you know, I think they're perhaps a little different. Um, you know, most of the time when they turn, turn up to these two tournaments in general rather than the week before the majors, they are more primed to win and they've got their eye on the trophy. Um, I, I think the week before majors is a little different in that aspect. Uh, I think, you know, that's why you see some guys that, you know, they're already out of Augusta on a Friday or, or uh, you know, other guys want to get there Tuesday, other guys want to, you know, play the week before. So um, it's just all about how they feel that they can peak at the right time. And, and uh, you know, you, you see, you know, this week I saw... Uh, Guys like Stenson and 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 Spieth on the range more than what they what they predominantly are, um, and I would just say for the simple fact that they they're not quite comfortable with what they they got going and they want to be firing all cylinders come next next Thursday Friday just to uh, get in contention on that on, on the weekend at Augusta. Yeah, and you know I did hear that there were they were there were some frustration with uh, especially guys like Bubba with the you know that they didn't have lift clean in place going on. So um, I don't know. I could just see if you get sort of you know where you're teetering on the edge at the end, and you're, you may not make the cut. You know, let's just let's just put in the work, pack it in, and and head on. So that's that's kind of the way I felt about it. But I don't know. How about you, David? Well, despite having um, what I thought were pretty you know benign selections from our show last week, we have we've had a lot of listeners tweet us that they've they made some money last week. We had we had one guy take down a, a pretty nice uh, four digit pay out on a GPP, so the congratulations to uh, to those guys. I guess we just didn't have hey, the right Sometimes you got to have selective hearing, right? you got to yeah. hear, hear the right pick. Well, I tweeted back at him and said, you basically picked all of our... You, you took every player that we got right and put him in one lineup. <laughs> so, good for good for him. Um, but, you know, let, let's move on. Let's, let's move on, because it's Masters Week. Let's put the shell behind us. Moving on to usually what we handle second on the podcast here being the tweet of the week. And we were discussing beforehand, you know, by the way, Baldo, I don't know if you know this, but you've won the tweet of the week a couple of times. I don't know if you, I don't know if you knew that. Um, we were actually going to give it to you last week again with your, with your master's outfit uh, picture that you tweeted. But um, I, we just, we felt like spreading the love a little bit. You'd already won it before. So we gave it to somebody else, but you should feel honored. <laughs> I do feel on it. Absolutely. Okay. I do. Um, oh, I, so anyway, I, I, I we, took a lot of time in my. Uh, I took a lot of time in my in that my master's, my master's outfit. I. Uh, I just tell. wish I had some. I, I just wish I had some red underwear there for Sunday. I just couldn't find any at the time. <laughs> do you think Tiger wore red <laughs> underwear on Sundays? Oh, he would have had to. Had you think to. so? I mean, you know, he, um, might, he, he might have went straight commander. Who knows? Now, I bet Stevie was. We know Stevie was. He was commando <laughs> under that under that caddy bit for sure. Um, the, the old the old Kiwi he was. Um, all right. So this week we we couldn't land on just one tweet, so we went with the the Twitter feud of the week, which was Grayson Murray and a lot of people, but mainly Grayson Murray and Byung Hun An, who just delivered on Grayson Murray like relentlessly on Twitter. Byung-Hun Ann, I think, gained a lot of fans, a lot of followers, and uh, he kind of came out of his shell a little bit on Twitter. Any, any reaction from you boys on that whole, that whole thing? I mean, Grayson's obviously been one to, to be pretty outspoken on Twitter. 
But he caught some heat for his his whole Asian European tour playing, moving up the world golf ranking deal. Uh, most people know what we're talking about, but Byung Hun An just gave it to him. Any thoughts? For me, I think Grayson is, uh, and, and, and I, I kind of like Grayson. I like how he's uh, he's more open and honest than, than a lot of folks out there on Twitter, a lot of tour players on Twitter. But uh, he kind of was treading a little bit in an area to me that he just didn't need to be in because he, he hasn't even really proved himself at all on tour. So you, you might want to make a little bit better name for yourself on tour before you start making comments like that. that that's, that's my opinion. But, but it was entertaining to watch. How about you, Baldo? Nah, I got nothing on it, man. I I, I sent a few, <laughs> few tweets uh, to try and uh, get him to hit the hit the brakes a little, pump the gas. Yeah, he, we uh, saw that. That was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he rates himself as, uh, as a Twitter man, as, as a Twitter genius. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I actually did see today that he come back online. Um, so, I don't yeah, know that, if, uh, that didn't last uh, long. No, it didn't. I got gotcha. you. The, so, yeah, the best I don't, know. Tweet no, I don't you, really have an opinion on it, whatever he wants to do. The best tweet that you fired off at him, because I remember a few weeks back, uh, he, he said he was going to do a contest for his 5,000 follower or something, or a giveaway or something, and he, he's up to like 10,000. And you tweeted if you if he regressed back to 5,000, if you could somehow win that, which is awesome, because <laughs> he was losing followers left and right. I just want to know where his agent was. Like, what was his agent doing who supposedly asked for his Twitter password a couple of months ago? It, did he, like, I don't, I don't understand where he was. But Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm not sure. Not his agent really has. Yeah, yeah. it's got nothing to do with this me. Is, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm waving the white flag myself. <laughs> uh, Which was right, one of your um, tweets, by the way, right? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Yeah, another one. <laughs> Basically, Baldo, we're we're stalking you pretty pretty heavily. I know you know that. You've known that for a while now. Yeah. By the way, Baldo, happy anniversary. You know, let's cover this. You know, like happy anniversary, man. It was a year ago this week on the Sunday night. Pat was at my house. The tour junkies was a, just a fledgling of a podcast, and um, Pat had 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 stuck his foot in his mouth about you. You came on the show graciously, uh, despite you know preparing for the Masters yourself. And Sunday night, we had a great conversation. Pat gave what is still the best four junkies four minutes that we've, we've ever had um, with, the, with the epic Baldo apology that you graciously then accepted. And, and then just the, the budding relationship has primarily between you and Pat, because I know you, you really, you kind of act like you like me, but you really don't. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it was really the boys, the men that really put me over the edge with you know that 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 was. The, You're welcome. You know, it was sort of. You're welcome. It was it was it was a fifty fifty deal, and then and then Pat really took the range with our relationship after that. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he tends to own it, uh, but let's stay away from him he, right now because he is in an epic dry spell. I don't know if you I don't know if you've heard it, but he is really struggling right now. Um, but you know we appreciate you being a loyal tour junkies guy, and you've been on the show a few times even since then. And we're pulling for you. you. You know, you're you're our number one podcast, bro. And so, thanks for coming on again. And and for this Masters week, it's it's easily going to be the most listened to Tour Junkies podcast ever. I think that's pretty safe to say. So, I'm excited yeah, for yeah. it. And glad yeah, yeah absolutely. I can't. Well, thanks. Thanks for having us on. And uh, love the. Uh, you know, really enjoy the relationship it's built into. It's just. Uh, it's. Uh, it's just been fun. 
hopefully, uh, you know, let's just let's move on and let's get into the Masters. Let's get into the well, Masters. We got, David, before that, though, we just got to talk really quick about the contest last week. Yeah, the contest I mean, was a – it was fun, but it was also kind of ridiculous. You want yeah. to tell them what happened? I mean, so we, I mean, the listeners out there probably know because you know we were we were on Periscope. We had to go three times before we finally got a winner that actually could get a hall pass to come to the freaking Masters two nights a day, all day on Monday, flight, drink, food, everything, and the first two people bailed on us. Which to me, I, I just I cannot I don't get it, but. We found a good winner, I think. I, except for he's a Florida Gator, but I'm going to let that slide. Yeah, he is a Gator fan. The first two guys, Andrew Cheek and Barry Hrin, were our first two winners that we had to draw. Neither one of them could get off of work. So literally the world's crappiest bosses for those two guys. You know, hey, guy, hey, hey boss, I just want an all-expenses-paid trip to Augusta. You know, I'm going to go to the practice round with these guys. I'm going to get two nights free in a hotel. I'm not going to pay for any food. I'm not going to pay for any drinks. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to dinner with these guys and these other cool guys from Fantasy Draft. And um, I'm just going to need Monday and Tuesday off. Um, no, thanks. You're going to have to give me those TPS reports by the morning. Like, what kind of douchebag do these guys work for? I cannot believe that we had to do that. But I think you're right, Pat. We landed on a really good guy. His name is Michael Riva. He's from Florida. He is a Gator fan. Uh, I think he's actually just landed in Augusta tonight. So we will meet Mike in the morning, and we'll be out of the golf course all day. So thank you guys for playing in that contest. By the way, it was very successful. We appreciate it. Uh, We hope you guys are enjoying Fantasy Draft as much as we are. For two weeks in a row now, I've played more money on Fantasy Draft than I have DraftKings or FanDuel. So the pricing is just so much better. Let's just be honest. Um, So with that said... It's a little what? I was just going to say, it's a little more even this week, I think, as far as FanDuel versus slightly. Yeah. But, but a lot of that, I think, is because they get the pricing out earlier. So, yeah. There you go. Let's go. All right. Let's get into the course breakdown, Pat Perry. It's it's Augusta, right? Like, we, we know Augusta, but why don't you give it to us just at a high level real quick and talk about what well, that's going to be key. I, well, we're going to talk about weather, but I can't. I just can't say Augusta right. I'll let I'll let Bowda handle that. But um, so yeah, we're at the Masters this week. Finally, at Augusta National Golf Club here in our hometown of Augusta, Georgia. Par seventy two, seven thousand four hundred and thirty five yards. You got bent grass greens. So again, this is our traditional par seventy two. You got ten par fours, four par threes, four par fives. All the par fives are reachable. Uh, these guys, uh, you know, with the way they hit it today, they should at least, you know, all have a chance to reach these par fives and two. Um, you know, again, fairways are, are important to hit as they usually are, but here the rough is always down. And so you can, you can look at the bombers. That's going to be what I'm going to be looking at this week, especially with the way the weather's looking. We're going to get a lot of rain earlier in the week. Um, obviously this, this is one of those courses where it's, it's not like every, you know, every, week when we have to you know we don't really know the course or we do but sometimes they change a little bit but this this is the same course every year i mean the greens are going to be ridiculous um putting is going to be key you know for me as far as looking at stats um obviously strokes gained off the tee strokes gained approach 
And then course history, this is one of the biggest weeks in the year for me when it comes to course history. I just think, I mean, you look at a guy like Oh, Bernard you love this week, don't you? I love this week because it, it, you can't, you can't, you have to factor it. You have to. Um, it means a ton. I mean, so uh, for me, course history is probably my number one stat that I'm, I'm looking at. Weather-wise, this week is going to be quite interesting. Uh, early in the week, it's going to, you're going to see a lot of rain. You're going to see, I mean, you may even see hail out there tomorrow. I don't. I don't even know. As a matter of fact, I think we had somebody tweet us because they're coming, driving twelve hours to come to the practice round tomorrow, and they sent us a message. They said, "Am I going to die out there on the course?" I don't think you're going to die. Just don't. If it starts lightning, you know, just don't stand next to trees or something. But um, so we are going to get some rain Thursday and Friday, though. It's going to be nice, but it's going to be extremely windy. I'm looking at fifteen to twenty-five miles per hour on the winds. Uh, especially starting up about midday, and then the same on you know so both Thursday and Friday you're going to see the same winds, and so that to me is going to play a huge factor. And when you're looking at waves, the tee times this week are a lot different than what you see, you know, because of the field is so small. I mean, we got 94, 95 players I think now with Russell Henley. Um, so sometimes it's, there's not really a defined morning and afternoon wave. I mean, you may get a guy that plays it you know, 11 in the morning on, on Thursday and then, I don't know, one in the afternoon on Friday. So there may not be quite as big of a difference as you see on in the regular events on tour where you can clearly define, you know, when, who's going to be in the afternoon and who's going to be in the morning. Uh, real quick, looking at past champs, we had Danny Willette last year, Jordan Spieth in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that, Valdo? What did you yeah. say, Danny? Who? Willette. I said Danny Willette. Willette. <laughs> Just Danny Willette. What is it? I got. I got you. Willett. Good uh, job. Will Willett. Uh, about has already become David. Like you're like uh, now. You David. know. You know. Pat does not pronounce stuff well at all. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Jordan speech. Let me get through this, and then you can start making fun of me, Baldo. 2015 Jordan speech. 2014 you had Bubba. 2013, you had Adam Skull. <laughs> 2012, oh, God. you had Bubba. And then in 2011, you had Charles Wurzel. In 2010, Phil Mickelson. So there you go. That is your rundown from a high level this week. By the way, Baldo, I don't know if you know this, but when the Tour Junkies first started, this was before we, we kind of met you, Pat famously, like one of the most famous mispronounced deals he's ever done in describing Poana green surfaces <laughs> during a podcast literally said and the green surfaces this week are uh POA annua and I was like what wait a minute wait a minute POA annua <laughs> yeah that that's was... a real thing he was dead yeah, serious that was... yeah <laughs> POA annua. Anyway, um, all right. Let's 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 listen to our expert here because Baldo's been there, done that. He, he's he's uh, he's the pro, right? So, what do you think about this weather stuff, man? Have you been? I mean, it is a little. It's rare weather for Augusta, but you know, I mean, with the winds projected to be what they are, what do you think that's going to do? Is that going to change the kind of players that we should look at? Um, you know, last year when I played, um, obviously I couldn't bust 80 anyway. Um, still struggling right now too, but 
Um, there was a lot of wind there last year as well, if if you guys can recall. I think I don't know well, what, what ended up going down. Six under, six under, yeah, eight it, was, under. it was low. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's 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 pretty easy to you know. I think it's probably coming out of the west. Um, so what's that mean? The first holes, uh, right to left. Is that right? Top of my head. Yeah, probably. So um, I think the start is a lot easier with this wind. Um, to calm the nerves a little bit, you know, you've got the first hole that really doesn't make much difference, and then you got the second hole. You can, you can, uh, you know, hit a couple of three woods on if you want with that wind. Um, so you, you sort of ease the nerves a little bit. Um, but once you turn back around, uh, you know, you, once you get a four and five, um, you know, and then make that turn. Is it uh, what is it? Six to pass three. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. And, and and that that that's when really um, all hell starts to break loose. You know, you're up high. You start to hit down. Uh, it's the first tee shot you've hit into a breeze, um, like a real breeze. You're not sure how it's going to react. Um, so that's that, and then they become left to right winds, which for a lot of people is very tough. Um, so you know, once you get to that sixth hole, and then it's basically hang on all the way through till you get to you know sort of thirteen and fourteen. Um, you know that stretch down that bottom of that of the valley or whatever, whatever everyone calls it down there. Yeah. Um, it's just brutal down there. You know, it's bouncing off trees. And um, one of the things too, that people don't quite realize is that there's no real flags anywhere. There's no real big towers anywhere. So, and, and if they are, you can't see them because of the pine trees. Um, and, the, and the pine trees really don't give out much information a lot of the time. So, you know, it's, it's really hard to judge where the wind is. Is I mean, obviously you've got your wind map, but, but once you get down in there, it swells so much, you know, that everyone's aware of on 12 and 13 and, you know, approach shot into 11, um, that it's just so hard to judge because it just whips all down there. Um, and at any point, it can change on you. So um, I'm not sure if the wind's supposed to die down a little bit come the weekend, but, you know, you, you really want to be looking at uh, ball strikers for one have an emphasis on ball strikers or if not have an emphasis on short game, you know, approach around the greens, that, that kind of thing, just because proximity to the hole and par is really going to be um, a very big that proximity to the hole. No one's really going to be able to get it close. It's going to be a lot of par golf um, with par golf comes, yeah. comes a lot of, uh, you know, around the green. So, um, and, and especially bunkers, you know, people don't understand with wind and the pins that they put out around that place. Bunkers is very important to have a good bunker game around that game, uh, around Augusta. It's something that is overlooked a lot um, in stats in general through a week-to-week, I think. Um, and, and this week, it needs to be looked at pretty hard. Well, you said a lot of things there that I, I, I want to I talk through, but it's interesting that you just said the bunker play. I just told Pat, so I was out at the course today. That it, we're recording this on Sunday, the day of the drive, chip, and putt. And I was out on the course, and one of the things that my kids, I've taken my two boys every year to the drive, chip, and putt since it started, and they love getting autographs. They just, that's, they just they live for it. They don't know who half of the guys are, but they just love the fact that they're getting an autograph. So we camped out right there at the, uh, at the, the putting green by the driving range, and my middle, my middle child, my youngest son, who's a big golf nut, all he wanted was Kevin Kisner's autograph. He just wanted Kiz on his Golby Tour Junkies hat. That's all he wanted, right? Well, Kiz spent, I kid you not, an hour and 15 minutes getting out of the same 
trap on the chipping on the chipping area. And there there was not one player on that entire golf course, and we sat there almost all day that did that. Like I saw Lowry hitting out of the trap. I saw Byung Hun Ann hitting out of the trap a little bit. But Kiz with John Tillery, his his coach, um, Pat, are you are you proud of me that I got his name right? Yeah, finally. Yeah. Uh Kiz, Dwayne Bach, John Tillery, uh, for an hour and fifteen minutes hit bunker shots. And I, I I told Pat today, I was like, Man, Kiz spent so much time in the trap. And so I honestly about it, like I've never I mean, I know the traps there and, and I know that there there's some of them that are tough, but it's it's interesting that you say that. So that's um it definitely kind of I guess the wind and the weather and all that you've said does kind of change my perspective as far as guys that when prices first came out on DraftKings and Fantasy Draft and FanDuel, you know, guys that I was looking at then versus what I'm thinking now is very different. So, you know, you mentioned ball strikers. Do, do you also mean like, because I know, I know in our kind of sphere of, of DFS players, you know, guys are looking at, do I, do I need to look at apex height? Do I need to look at guys who hit it low or hit it high or whatever? So do you think well, that that well, makes it... What's what's apex? Where, where, where's apex measured from? Like where, where, well, where's that? And, and that's kind of the dumb thing. It's measured off the tee, so it's a yeah, it's so a radar it's, metric off the tee. So really, I mean, it doesn't mean I guess you could be a high tee ball hitter, but still be able to flight it low coming into greens. I, I I don't know. So that's why I'm asking you. You're the expert. Yeah. So so I'm I'm guessing that's measured off track man, um, which it's only on two holes um, of our of a golf of you know on the 18 holes out there. Um, and it's only on a driver hole, so it's it's really a pointless tool, I guess, um, to a certain degree. You know, it's it's not really showing you know irons and you know how you control your flight with irons and all that kind of stuff. Um, sure, I guess if you want to be pretty broad, that uh, a high a high ball hitter with a driver could mm, correlate to a to a higher hitter with a with an iron. Yeah, I guess, but. But you know, there's a well, once once you start adding spin and all that kind of stuff in, it really doesn't. You, you're looking way too much into that. You're better off looking at someone that strikes it well, consistently hits it out of the middle of the face. That is a good, good ball striker. Someone you know, someone like a Paul Casey, something like that. That is just nonstop hits it, just wears the middle out of a golf club. Nice, nice. All right. Can I ask you another question I have about it? Can you explain to the majority of people that listen to us and hear us talk about stats all the time, the difference in strokes gained around the green and scrambling? Uh, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I haven't really looked into it too much, but basically strokes gained around the green um, is, from what I gather anyway, from my quick little look that I did, I don't know, two years ago or a year ago, whenever was, um, basically how close you hit it from anywhere inside. I think it's 20 yards or 30 yards, maybe. Um, how many times or how close you hit it to the hole, basically. And, and, and doesn't count for doesn't count for putting. It is literally how, how good a chipper are you, like who hits it the closest from on, on right. any given. Now, now can, that, can that vary? Yes, there, there, there's definitely some variance in there, you know, whether a guy might have got plug lies a couple of times and couldn't advance it, so he loses a stroke there. Does he neck one out of the bunker? You know, makes a double where he's normally not doing that. Yeah, obviously. I, I, I think I think if you look most stats, if you 
you've got to understand that it, all the all the shot link data um, basically starts from the color of the caddy bib. So that's um, done with a surveying system. So and, and that then is then uh, done through uh, volunteers week to week. So there is going to be some mistakes made, not on purpose, whether it could be someone just put the wrong name on the caddy bib for the wrong color. So, you know, I've, I've seen it a few times with me where I'm like, oh, man, I've had a good, you know, let's go have a look at my stats. And I look at them and they're terrific. And then I look at whoever I played with and I know they putter bad and their stats were good. I'm like, okay, so basically the the volunteer or the kid just made a mistake last night when he put the wrong, you know, the velcro my name wrong on the caddy bib. And that's how they got it wrong for the whole day. So, you know, there there is definitely some variance there in that in that shot link data. Um, but I, I would say in general, all your stats, if, if, if you wanted to correlate a top 10, you know, a top 10 in any stat category is going to be about right. You know what I mean? It's, it's going to average out. You know, it's, the, the, the more times you input the data, the, the smaller the, you know, the problem is, I guess. So, uh, so, yes, sorry, back to my strokes gain. Yeah, strokes gained around the green is basically the closest that you chip it from anywhere inside 20 yards, whether it be bunker, rough, whatever. And then a scrambling stat is basically if you – how you make a par – if you make a par with missing the green. So right. that, the, the, the stat you really want to look at is strokes gain around the green, if you're looking specifically for short game. Scrambling huh. stat is basically you hit it very bad and you found a way to make a par. You hit it in the water and you then chipped it up onto the, you know, around the green and chipped it in. Or you... Yes, because it's, it's, it basically, you know, it's you, up and down. It's, yeah, it's it's literally a whole scram a, a full scramble day, depending on yeah. where you put it off so, the tee. So you could you could you could check out well in scrambling, but you you know you hit it to fifteen feet and made the putt for par. Yet in strokes game right. approach, it's going to be more you know how close you are to the to the pin from your your first shot off the green, right? Yeah, so, so let's around say the you, green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's say you. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it. So let's say you hit a tee shot and it goes, I don't know, in the water. You take a drop and then you hit it on the green, make the putt. That won't show up in your short game. That'll show up in your scrambling. Now, if you do the same, hit it on the green or or, or leave it on, put it on the green, three putt, that's not going to show up in scrambling that's going to show up in your strokes gain putting because all strokes gain has nothing to do with strokes gain has nothing to do with the score you have on the whole strokes gain is from that distance against the field, what you are with that one particular shot. That's it. There is no score to be had with strokes gain. So strokes gain is actually, is it correct? I don't know. I haven't looked into it that much, but the baseline is, is, what if, if you're talking strokes gained off the tee is, you know, whatever that may be. Strokes gained approach, how close you hit it from a certain point that they measure against the field. If you hit it to 15 feet and the average is that week and the average is 18 feet, whatever that equates to, 0.125 of a stroke gained. And you just keep totaling them up. Whether, it, whether that's for triple or whether that's for 30 or eagle, it doesn't matter. 
it's that Doesn't one particular yeah. shot. Yeah. This is, where, scram- this is- where, where, where scrambling basically means who makes the less bogeys at the end of the day. This is exactly why I'm I'm more of a recent form in course history guy. <laughs> <laughs> this whole conversation we're having right now, but you know, that's just that's me. how I read it anyway. I'm 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 I'll probably way off base. I don't know, but that's how I that's how I read it anyway. So well, and and I think it's I, I wanted to ask you specifically about the scrambling around the green thing because you know I, I feel like especially at Augusta that's you know being able to do that is important. Um, I mean, I think that's why you see guys like Spieth, who are just incredible scramblers to me. Um, you know, that's, that's why you see him have so much success here. So that that was a key stat for me when I'm when I'm looking at you know kind of the type of player that I'm looking for. So that's an interesting discussion. Think I, scram- I think scramble is scrappy. Yeah, yeah. A little Patrick Reed too, right? Like he would fit in that category. Yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah, and, like and, you know. Scrap out of school, basically, is what a scrambling stat. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we could have a whole podcast on this, and maybe one day, without a super bored, we will. <laughs> Just, <laughs> uh, I think it's time to get into some prices. Um, so, you know, as we've done the last few weeks, we've got FanDuel and Fantasy Draft, and in, in addition to DraftKings, obviously DraftKings has the larger contest this week, including the first millionaire maker of the year. They're on DraftKings for 33 bucks per entry. You guys can check that out. However, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll definitely be looking at other contests. That's for sure. I mean, we're going to play some in the Millie Maker, but I, I do think there is definitely a, a strategy to playing in some of the lower dollar contests on DraftKings as well. And then watching for overlay on Fantasy Draft and FanDuel, there's been a little bit of that. So, be on the lookout for that. Um, but for the most part tonight, let's talk GPP or tournament play only. As you've got most players listening that, that may not be regular listeners are probably only playing GPPs. So um, let's start right at the top with DraftKings. You've got four guys in the four-digit range, and that is Jordan Spieth at 11.5, DJ at 11.3, Rory at 10.6, and Day at 10.2. And those are those are the top four guys on all three platforms: Fantasy Draft, DraftKings, and FanDuel. So, uh, you know, and Rory and Day are both the third and fourth guys. You've got DJ and and Jordan switched on FanDuel. So, I, I want to get both of you guys as far as like who you like out of that one, just like one player out of that group. If you were going to commit to one player, who would that be? But I also want to ask you about about Jason Day and and what you feel about. Um, you know, obviously the unfortunate situation about his mom and her recent surgery, which it does seem like she's she's uh, she seems to be recovering well. But where do you think his game will be this week? And do you think uh, he's one to be to be messed with or not uh, this week? So who do you guys like in that top tier? We'll, we'll start with you, Pat. Yeah, well, I mean, I think for one, Dustin Johnson is going to be the highest. Zone. I, I don't think there's any question about that. And, and uh, you know, again, we're talking GPP. We're talking. The Millie Maker, things like that. I think he'll still be the most the most highest owned. But I, uh, if you want me to give you one guy, to me it's Rory. Um, I, again, I think I like his price there at ten six. I think he could be a little bit um, higher than that. But but I'm I'm right there with him. I, and he's one of those guys that I just I just feel like it, it's just going to happen with him in the Masters. And you know he's had it. He's been close. Um, 
to me, I, I think Baldo, actually, you asked this question on Twitter uh, maybe a, a, a day or so ago on who of you know maybe the top four you thought was the most dominant player when they're on. To me, it's Rory. I, I think he is the most dominant player when he is on on his game in all facets. So Rory is going to be one of my top plays this week. I, I, I love him. Uh, you know, he's got good course history. His recent form is pretty good. So. That's that's gonna be my pick if you gotta ask for one. That's he's the one. All right, Baldo, what say you? Uh, um, can I go to Fowler? Fowler? Oh, you want to jump down to Fowler? For real? Yeah, that's who I think's gonna win. Yeah. No, there you go. Well, you can actually. David picked him to win on a show. We we got interviewed on I the show did. last week, and you he was your he was your pick to win. Yep. He was. Yeah. So pick. why do you say yep. that? Why do you say that, Baldo? Uh, I just—it's just everything he's doing to me um, is just—you don't see him out as much anymore. Like practicing, he's—he's—he's he's worked out his best way to play the best golf all the time. Um, I think he's basically learned about himself, which is part of the process. You know what? You know, so some guys—you know—you can take VJ's approach, for instance. Some guys love hammering the gym and then hammer. You know, the, I just think the Fowler has really found his his niche on how to play well and how to play well at tough golf courses at the top level, you know, ponder this shit, stuff like that. Um, I just, yeah, I, I just love the way he's playing his, his strokes gain approach, his iron play. It's just everything, everything's trending in the, in the best direction. Now has, has DJ found that as well? Absolutely. Um, but I just, I just think that, yeah, Fowler is my man this week. Yep. Does it bother you at all with Fowler that he, that he missed, you know, missing the cut last year? Didn't even he played pretty bad last year? Um, and as you said earlier, it was in a little, you know, a little bit windier conditions. Um, obviously, we had lower scores uh, last year. Does, does that concern you at all, or you just nah. you just kind of nah. throw that out? Nah. Not at all. I mean, if he kept playing, if if he kept playing to my level and shooting eighty every week like he did last year, um, and turn to the Masters this year and still playing that way, yeah, sure, it'd concern me. But no, he's he's since that day, what's he won another couple of times and won, you know, won probably three times since then around the world. So no, he's fine. Played well last week or this week, um, you know, at uh, uh, where are we at? Houston. Shell, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah, that doesn't concern me one bit at all. So. All right. So I love Fowler too. Um, I like three guys in the nine in the nine K range a whole lot on DraftKings. But Baldo, I want to put you on the spot. One guy in the five digit range. Who, who are you taking? One one guy in where? One guy in oh, the five digit, digit range. Uh, yeah. Dustin. DJ. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. So I mean, so on the Jason Day thing, like, do you know? Do you have a sense of what J Day is going to come out and be ready to do come come no, Thursday? I or I, I, don't, I mean, I, I know of, no, it'll be it'll be, be a complete guess. I really don't know. I mean, I, I know how strong he is mentally. Um, after I know it seems a little bit strange with um, you know his withdrawals and stuff like that, but it's just not really that true. You know, when it, once I paired with him at Presidents Cup, um, I could see an intensity level that I had never seen in anyone before, um, and how much. How how hard he works on the golf course mentally and all that. He, he's going to be ready to play um, mentally. Is his golf swing? I don't know. Um, I hope so. I'd love to see him get out there and put the green jacket on. Couldn't think of anything better. Um, 
I'm just not um, not completely sold um, until I sort of start seeing him, you know, on, on the range, start swinging it and, and see where he's at. You know, it's one of those things like the Masters is so full of stories. It is one of those things where like a part of me is like, man, you know, I know how much, well, I don't know, but I've, I've, I've heard how much influence Jason Day's mom has had on him and like what she's, what she's meant to his golf game and the fact that he's gone through this in his last couple weeks. It just feels like one of those times where he's going to tee it up on Thursday and just rip it to shreds. There's, there's a part of me that, that thinks that story could come. Um, but I guess if you look at it completely, you know, logically or, or objectively, you know, I think DJ is clearly playing better than, than anyone in the world right now. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm with you there on the, in the top range on any format. I think DJ is your guy. So if we get down into the 9K range on DraftKings, you've got Hideki, Stinson, Fowler, as we've already talked about, and Justin Rose. Pat, what do you think about the 9K range? And uh, any, anybody else in that, little, in that little range that you're digging? Well, actually, you know, and, and Ballard kind of did this. I, I think there's, you know, especially in a GPP, you can easily just avoid the top four and drop down to here and start a lineup. And and I would Absolutely. start right there at the top there at Hideki at 9,900. I mean, he is one of my favorite players in this category. I'm with Baldo and you on Fowler, but Hideki for me, again, he's got good course history here. I think his ownership percentage will be a little bit lower because his recent form hasn't been, I mean, he's he's been pretty good, but not great. He's number one in par five, birdie or better scoring. So to me, I love Hideki. Uh, I think he's a great price either on fantasy, fantasy draft or, or DraftKings. Um, I'll throw out a fade, though, here, and I think it's an easy fade. I think Stinson at 9,500 is just an easy fade for me. Does not have good course history. He's been, I, I don't know what his issue is lately, but this, this hasn't, hasn't been playing that great. So I, I think if you're going to fade a guy, definitely fade Stinson at 9,500. I wouldn't even pay attention. There you go. Well, I'm in total agreement on Matsuyama. I I had him kind of circled last week. I saw him playing a little bit today as well, um, even on the drop, chip, and putts on play number one. Um, but five of his last eight rounds at Augusta under par. And, and you know, on some of these easier golf courses that we've seen lately, that's not out of the question. But at Augusta, if you do the research of guys, of guys who have fired under par rounds, in the, you know, in the last few years, for example, you just mentioned Hen- Henrik Stenson. He's only fired nine of his last 20 rounds under par at Augusta National, whereas the deck he's five of his last eight. I think the golf course suits him. Um, I, I really like the deck at that 9,900 mark. I, I do like Fowler as well, but I'm with, like, you could put, so the other guy I really, really, really like is Justin Rose. So I, I'm pretty much on board yeah. with everybody in the 9Ks except Stenson. Rose, 10 of his last 20 rounds under par. Um, at Augusta National, with only six of those being over par in the last 20. So Rose clearly enjoys this golf course. Something about it suits him. I really like the form he's in. You could start a lineup, Hideki, Fowler, and Rose, and you still have $7,200 left on DraftKings. So that's like Lee Westwood, Cabrera Bello, Bill Haas territory. So to me, yeah, no. that's, um, that's, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I'm. I agree too on Rose. Uh, I mean, you look at him; eight straight cuts here, four of those at the top ten. So I, I think again, I, you can't go wrong with those guys. So I love this nine category. I think besides Stinson, yeah, I'm with you. 
All right, so uh, let's get into the eight. Well, actually, Bado, anything else on those on those other three guys we mentioned, Stinson, Hideki, and Rose? Uh, nah, I got nothing there, boys. Sorry. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think Fowler. I just think Fowler's the man. You're on with Fowler. I like it. All right. Uh, let's get into the 8K range. We've got Justin Thomas, Adam Scott, Phil, John Rahm, the Spaniard, first-timer, just lighting the world on fire here lately. Um, Bubba, your two-time defending champ, Sergio, Reed, Usti, and Snedeker. Pat, I will uh, I will throw it to you first. Anyone in the 8K digits, uh, in, the, in the 8Ks that you're digging? I mean, I think, I don't know, it, it might be one of these one of these dead ranges if everybody's liking those three at the nines. Wow, you throwing it to me first every every section here. You put me on the spot. So you got to be on your A game. It's right. Master Elite, man. So here's the thing. Um, this is when it's going to start a little bit of a theme for me because I think that you know we haven't had a first time winner since the year I was born, and that was Fuzzy Zeller in 1977. So if you listen to the and show, you know, I'm forty. I'm forty years old. So. That was 40 years ago. I think this could be the year you might see that happen again. And John Rahm is one of the guys that could do that uh, at 8,600. So I do like him this week. Uh, you know, he's just, again, recent form, incredible. And we saw him at the match play. You know, he took DJ, just went head-to-head with the number one player in the world. And I think this is a course he should eat up. Now, I do think, as I've said, course history is a big deal. You've got to know this course. But he, he's just, to me, the type of guy, I think he's going to prepare right for it. He's going to do the things that he needs to do. He's going to be able to, you know, attack these par fives. So, for me, John Rahm is my top play in this in this 8,000 category. I do love Mickelson. He's been playing really well this year. Obviously, he's got great course history. Uh, putts well. He's a good scrambler. Uh, checks the box on par five, birdie or better. So, I, I think Mickelson's another, you know, kind of an easier play here in the in this 8,000 range. And I, I don't know. I, there's a couple more I really want to throw out that, well, here's one I'm, I think for a GPP play. And you're going to hate this. But I'll, I'm kind, I think I'm going to play some Bubba Watson this week at 8,400. Obviously, he's a two-time champ here. Loves this course. Uh should be able to basically plays as a par sixty eight for him. So I think I think oh, Bubba God. is a is a good <laughs> GPP a reach. play. Maybe it's a reach. Maybe it's a par seventy, but still. I think Bubba's a a, a a good GPP play, even though his recent form has not been that great. But I, it's just one of those things where sometimes guys find form when they're on the course that they love. And this is one of them. So there you go. I got a few more, but I'll I'll let you you run with it. All right, Baldo, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go. All right, so I saw Adam Scott this week um, a little bit, and he's changed his ball flight and his golf swing a little bit. He's shortened it up, and his ball flight's lowered. Um, I know he lives for majors, and that's really it. Um, I think that he has been looking into the weather the past you know week, week or two, and trying to lower that ball flight a little just because he sees what it's going to take this week. Um, I think he's an interesting player. I know he didn't have much success at all. I mean, he shot four under the first round last week and then, um, you know, I think I even beat him in the second round. Um, 
So, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think he he is a very interesting play. Um, his swing looked unbelievable to me. Um, what I saw on the range and how he'd shorten it up a little bit. Um, and that swing always look unbelievable, though, Bada. Uh, yeah, I mean it does, but uh, I think he, he's taking it to one more level now. Um, flattened his ball flight out, and I, I believe it's just made for this week. Um, and then the other one I love, Sergio. Um, oh, yeah. I'm Sergio, with you there on Sergio. Just, just because of straight ball striking with this weather. I mean, now if, if the yeah. weather wasn't like this, I probably wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be as high on him, but I really do like him this week. I really do. Um, I'm not sure how his putting stats have been uh, this year. I mean, they're probably floating around, probably level somewhere around that, you know, strokes gain. Um, so, you know, that, that, that's really Sergio's big play. But with this weather, it, I don't think it's going to matter as much. You know, it's going to be more predominantly on, on ball striking, and, and he is uh, one of the best in that area. I, I like, I'm with you there, too, on Sergio. I think he is a very good play this week. David, what, what about you? Well, I, I'm, see, David's in the. He, David likes to put himself in the best position, Bado. So, like, he listens to me, <laughs> then he listens to you, and then now he can go from there. So it'll be pretty easy for him. So go ahead, David. You guys, are, you guys are the experts. That's why. That's why I'm letting you guys. <laughs> you guys roll with it. Um, no, I, I actually, John Rom, I think is interesting. I, I, I think he's going to be a little inflated in, in ownership just based on recent form. And don't get me wrong, I, I love John Rahm. like love him. But I, I don't know. I think it might be a good week to fade him. Just I'm not saying a complete fade, but I think just to fade him based on the first-timer history at Augusta, uh, which you, you, you mentioned there, Pat. By the way, we'll be on a radio show with Fuzzy Zeller on Tuesday. You're, you know, We'll be hanging out with old Fuzzy. Might bring him That's a bucket right. of fried chicken when we walk up there just to have a little poke. Oh, oh. Um, and, and then, of course, uh, I, I do agree with Adam Scott. I, I actually had him highlighted. He is a value on DraftKings. If you look at Fantasy Draft and FanDuel and DraftKings, he's a little lower on DraftKings at that $8,800 mark. Um, so if you, were gonna, if you were kind of on the fence about Adam, if you wanted to play him, I think he makes more sense on DraftKings. The only other guy that I'm really interested in here is actually Louis Ustazen. I think he's always a pretty decent GPP play in majors. He just doesn't seem to be, I mean, people just don't really get on Louis a whole lot. Um, I, I don't know, you know, for what, you know, I, I mean, I know he withdraw. He, he has had a tendency of withdrawing a little bit, but he doesn't do that at majors. Um, he's had some success here at Augusta. He's 8100 bucks. Um, five of his last 12 rounds under par at Augusta and only three over par. So I think, I think to me, that kind of speaks to a guy who can play well in difficult weather. I mean, three of his last 12 rounds on a difficult golf course over par. So if it's going to be, you know, par golf, then which, which Bado said in the beginning, I, I like Louie at 8,100 as a good sneaky play there. So there you go, Pat. Is that sufficient enough for you? Yeah. All right, I'll start off. I, I actually, uh, Usti was on my list too, so I'm, I'm with. Okay, you. okay. Uh, I will I'm start gonna, off. I'm going to start. I'm going to let me start with the seven. There's a million of them. Okay, love I'm just going to do my first three. How's that? And I'm okay. Be, so I love. I, I mean, obviously, it's a wide, wide range. Taking a look at it, um, yeah. I love my my three top picks. 
out of this seven range, Schwarzel, Casey, and Peters. They are my, and, and very high on Casey. Uh, he, he's my, I'm not going to say Dark Horse because he's poor Casey, but I think he is going to be right there in the mix this year. I really do. Um, mm. uh, I've, I've played with him at Arnold Palmer practice rounds, and he's finally comfortable with the changeover from equipment from Nike to whatever he's using now. Um, so, um, and he was starting to hit it, the Paul Casey of old. Um, he's, and then Charles Schwartz has been playing great, and then Thomas Peters is, I think, soon to be definitely a top five player in the world. So they're, they're really my my three picks, and I'm done in that 7K range. Battle out. Well, uh, All right, Pat, I'll go next, so you can go last. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I had Paul Casey highlighted as well. He's 20th. He's the 20th player on DraftKings. He's the 15th on Fantasy Draft and FanDuel. So kind of like Adam Scott, another value on DraftKings, uh, particularly with Paul Casey. Um, I wasn't really – Charles wasn't on my radar. And then Thomas Peters, I mean, the the first timer, we know he bombs the mess out of the golf ball. But I'm, I'm shocked Valdez is high on, on Peters. I kind of like Terrell Hatton at 7,600, another first-timer, but at least he's uh, he's definitely shown, to me, better form than Peters here lately. If he gets if it gets a little windy, I could see it happening. So I like Terrell Hatton at 7,600. Um, one of my favorite plays of the week is at 7,500, and that's Brooks Kepka. Uh, I think Brooks, who's been in horrible form, is a fantastic GPP play here. Um, just, you know, he's only played Augusta twice, I believe. I think he's top 30 and top 20-something both times. I don't have it in front of me. But uh, I, I just think Brooks – I just think Brooks could turn it around right here. It's just it's, – I guess it's more of a gut call for me with Brooks. But I've, I've been thinking that he's going to turn this thing around here pretty soon. Um, another one for me is Shane Lowry. Uh, to me, I think he plays these uh, – he's another kind of – tougher golf course, windy conditions kind of guy being from Ireland. Hopefully that's the case. 7,300. I like Shane Lowry. I saw him actually out there today. He was grinding on the chipping range and uh, spent some time in the bunker as well. Um, so I'll stop there and, and get in kind of that mid 7K range. This is a big range. So we'll save the, the bottom half. So Pat, what about the top half of the 7Ks? Um. Well, I'm I'm with you both. I think Casey uh, is totally with you, Baldo. He's my favorite play in that seven range. Um, again, if you look at him, just great recent form. Course history is good. I think 78 to me is just way too cheap for him. So I'm I'm with you there. And with you on Peters. Um, again, I think that this is a year that a first timer could win, and I do believe he will be top five in the world at some point. And you know, he checks the box for me on. Uh, par five birdie or better percentage. Um, his putting is good, so I think that uh, you know those two guys are my favorite. I'm with you too on Hatton. I think you know you just look at with the way he's been playing lately. It's just been fantastic. Great putter. Uh, checks the box on strokes gained off the tee. So you know, seventy six hundred for him is a good price. So that's the top end of the range that that I do. I'm 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 with you both on on those three guys. All right, so let me let me ask you this: in the seventy five hundred and above range, other than Tiger, is there anyone in this category you would fade about of? Oh. All right, <laughs> Pat, anyone you would fade? All right. 
for me, it's going to be, I'd probably, I'm going to say last year's champ, Danny Willett. Agree. Yeah, right there I with just, you. I, 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 think can't, I cannot play I him the way he's fade. been playing. Yeah. You know, I, so there you go. Here's the here's the thing though. You guys talking about these first timers. You, you talked about John Rom, you and Bado both with Thomas Peters. I don't understand why in a di- in a potentially difficult year with wind and weather being a factor, why a first timer has you guys say like this could be the year. Like I don't. I would think that would be the case if it were a hot, you know, a birdie fest and conditions were perfect at Augusta. And Peters could take advantage of just bombing his way around the golf course, but that may not be the case. And if it's par golf, and he's got to putt his way, you know, around Augusta, and he's never played, I don't really know how that's the case. How that's the case. I'm just playing. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not playing devil's advocate because I disagree. So I'm just disagreeing. That, well, for me, it's just because I think that the the volume of guys that are good players are in it's their first time so you got guys like rom peters hatton um you know like adam hadwin we'll get down to in the sixth range that's just just playing incredible i think there's guys out there and i know this is a course i mean i've said it i mean this is the course you got to know to be able to play well on but i think the quality of players who are on you know or here for their first time is greater than for me that I've seen in, in several years that I think I agree with that. First time. I agree with that. And that's the that only reason completely I completely agree. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with that for sure. But but still, about it, doesn't that make sense? Like if it if it were a if conditions were perfect and it was a birdie fest, isn't it more likely for a first timer to win than what we're looking at right now? No, I'd I'd, I'd go the other way. I, I just for the really why that, just for the simple fact that it's. It's so much. It's so much easier to play to play par golf and to win a major with par golf. You know, to, to win any golf tournament, really, you need on the back nine. You need pars most of the time to win because at some point, you know, nerves are going to take over. Um, and with the wind up and the ball strikers, they are these guys you're talking about. Um, it's going to be par golf. Um, so I, I just think it, it's just so much easier to win with par golf than what it is to win with birdie golf. But birdie golf, you've got to attack it a little more. You've got to be more aggressive with driver. Things can happen on the back nine a lot more easier than hitting it down the fairway or you know missing the green and getting it up and down. Um, I think these guys have the short game and the putting or the ball striking to to really win that. You know. Uh, to, to me, it's going to be between six and ten under um, to win this golf event. So more than likely, you're going to need on the back nine. Um, if you're anywhere in contention, you know, anywhere from one over to three under on that back nine. Um, and we all know that back nine can can jump out at you, or you you can shoot, you know, a long way under par. But um, you really need par golf coming down that stretch. Uh, you know. 13 through or 12 through, it's just all going to be par golf and then you're going to be right there on the 18th. All right, so there's four first-timers that I can find in the DraftKings $7,000 range. It's clear that both of you guys are pretty big on Thomas Peters, so he's he's one. But of the remaining three, you have Terrell Hatton, Alex Noren, and Hudson Swafford. Pick one of those guys out of those three, Hatton, Noren, or Swafford. Who do you like? I got Noren. 
Yeah, for me, it's probably Norn too. Now, you are you are you? Wait a minute. Going as good as whole... you just said, as you just talked about Hatton. Yeah, but we haven't even gotten to Norn yet. Hatton is playing so freaking well. Like that shocks me. Look at his at his his game log. A so fourth, a tenth, a fourth, a third, a thirteenth. No, Norn is not playing as well as Terrell Hatton. I, I just uh, again, you know. 49th, 55th, 21st, 13th is Norton. I, I'm, I, I'm shocked that, I mean, Hatton is just... Why, just are, you, why, what are, you, why are you forgetting, uh, isn't, isn't this Fleetwood's first year too? Or are you just talking in this category? I don't think this is Fleetwood's first. Or is he in the 6K? I didn't go down to 6K. Is he 6K? Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, Dotto, I meant to tell you, I meant to tell you something funny. You're, you're boys with Rod Pantling, aren't you? My, so my oldest came back with a, he he's got a new tour junkies hat. It's one that we don't have, we don't have out on the shop yet. Hopefully it's more popular than the one we sent you. And he comes <laughs> running up to me. He comes running up to me. Dad, I got this autograph. I got this autograph. He was so nice. I don't know who I, I don't know who he is though. <laughs> and I'm like, well, where was he? And he points to him, and it's Pampling. It, so it's the only autograph on the tour junkies hat that my son has is Rod Pampling. <laughs> So my oldest has a tour junkies hat with Rod Pampling, and my middle one has one with Kisner. And that's the only autographs on the whole hat. So props to your boy Pampling. I also thought about that because Tommy Fleetwood was easily the nicest guy at the drive, chip, and putt today with all the kids. Like I was standing there listening to him. There were like 15 kids lined up getting autographs, and Fleetwood just like stopped and said, he looked at all the parents that were kind of sitting around and he was like, I am getting as much out of this as your kids are. I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you so much. I'm signing everybody that's standing right here. Like I heard it with my own ears. It was awesome. Props to Tommy Fleetwood, but I'm not taking him for the, for the masters. That's that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Fleetwood's awesome. I mean, he's, he's, he's a great player, obviously. And we're starting to see that. Um, Yeah. I, I, I think it's a I think it's a really good play. I don't even know where he's priced um, on there, but uh, yeah, he's he's it mightn't be this year, but he, he's 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 definitely a top he's twenty coming. player in the world soon. Yeah. yeah. All right. So if you get down to that lower sevens, to me, the, the sevens is just chock full of value here. I mean, Lee Westwood, who has an incredible amount of history here, eleven of his last twenty rounds under par at Augusta. Um, seventy two hundred bucks. Cabrera Bello, seventy two hundred. Bill Haas, who's you know, Bill Haas like lives for Augusta. He's never missed a cut here. Um, doesn't have a whole lot of rounds. Uh, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of like low rounds. But he, he seems like one of those guys who's going to get those pars. So he seems he seems fairly consistent to me. So in the let's round out the seven K range. Is there anybody in that seven K range, Pat, that you're uh, that you're interested in uh, that we haven't talked about? Now, I, I think uh, for me, Matthew Fitzpatrick is going to be a, a, a big play for me this week. I like him. He's kind of sneaky huh. long, kind of a little dude. Uh, but sneaky long, really? He's, he's, he's got some length. I mean, I'm not saying he's, you know, Bubba or Rom or DJ or, or Baldo. But, or Baldo. But the guy, you know, he can play. He finished 13th at Arnold Palmer, you know, 16th. Uh, well, I, I was a WGC, so smaller than that. But. Um, 
I, I just I think he could be a, a pretty kind of sneaky play this week, right in that range where there's some some other good guys, kind of a good pivot play. So I would not sleep on him. You know, you look at uh, you know last year he was tied, you know, t seventh. So again, he's he's obviously had a good finish here. So I think that that'll be one guy that I'll throw out. Other than I, I do like Westwood, I'm totally with you there. So and I'll let Bado round us out here. Bado, what you um, think? Yeah, I don't really. I mean, brought around that seven mark. I don't. Nothing's real. The only one I keep looking back at is Andy Sullivan. Um, I think Andy Sullivan, with this weather and the way he obviously putted on fast screens last week, um, I think. Around that range there, um, he's probably my biggest, my best, uh, between him and Knox right there. Um, just because he's a, he's, a, he's a controller of the golf ball, you know, he'll, he'll manufacture golf. He's, he's sort of an old school player, like a, like a Kelston, you know, someone like that that just, that, that just sort of, I don't know, how to the best to describe it. I guess if you want to think Corey Pavin, you know, just sort of gets it around, plays to his strengths, pops are great controls it, chips are good. You know, I think he's a he's a pretty solid player right there, Andy Sullivan and, and Russell Knox is a very similar player. Interesting. Well I, I am I am I pretty much mentioned the the guys that I'm liking. I mean I, I really like Westwood. I think he's a good value at seventy two hundred. Um he's a he's a better value on DraftKings than he is anywhere else. I think um I think Cabrera Bello, Bill Haas are, are both interesting to me, especially with the with about a kind of alluding to this par golf idea. I think Bill Haas is even more attractive. I was a little off of him on in GPPs uh, earlier in the week, just thinking it might it might have been a bomb and gouge kind of kind of year. But with the wind picking up, I think Haas could be a pretty safe bet at seventy two hundred. You've got a good cut making kind of guy. So interesting there for Bill Haas. Let's get in the six K range. I think right off the bat. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll start. I think Kisner is is easily one of my favorite plays this year. He's in good form. Uh, Kisner, I know, wants to play well here for sure. Um, grinding it out, second at the Arnold Palmer, 11th in Mexico, at an event where a lot of the Bombers were, were killing it out there at WGC Mexico. Um, so I think Kisner at 6,900 is probably one of my favorite plays. And actually, I think out of all the first-timers, the first-timer I like the most is Adam Hadwin at 6,900. I, I would take I would take Hadwin over any other first timer in the field. And I think just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much of a ball striker he is about it. You could probably tell us that, but I, I do know the guy can putt the lights out of the golf ball. And, and he seems pretty confident in form. Um, sixth place finish at Arnold Palmer after winning the Valspar. So what do you guys think about Hadwin, Kiz, and anyone else in that kind of top 6K range? Well, I um, Go ahead, Ballard. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, Kiz is, Kiz is uh, he's starting to find his form again. Obviously, um, Hadwin have to agree. You know, one of the best putters going around right now. Um, uh, I think the two that no one, I mean, everyone's a little bit um, skeptical, I guess, of his of his wrist or his arm or whatever is Molinari. There, I think that's way yeah. too low, way way too low for Molinari. Um, and and Chapel too, you know. Ch- Chapel's starting to. I don't know what he finished this week, but he started to get that. That you know that I was hitting balls next to him. He started to get that solid sound back that that most golfers look for. Um, means he's starting to strike it well. So 
I think there's definitely some value there. Um, and really, that's that's really all. I mean, if you want to go to Cabrera, you can always go Cabrera. He, what, he finished 20th last week. Is that time of, <laughs> is that time of year for him? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, if you want to go down there, sure. I mean, I, I that those sort of that, those few plays there and that high sixes, I can I, I, I get a case for all of them. All right, well, I'll let you, Pat. No, I'm in agreement. I mean, I, I, Kiz is my my favorite play here, uh, and and then Hadwin right up there with you know. I don't I don't know if I would agree with you that he's my you know the top first timer in the field, but I'm I'm totally with you on that he could easily play well here. Obviously, you got to put well on these greens, and and he is just probably been the best putter on tour so far this year. So I, I, I'm with you there. Um, you know, I think again, um, I don't know. One guy I will throw out that I think could be just kind of an interesting flyer GPP play would be Chris Wood. And that's mainly just because the guy just bombs it all over the place. Um, and if you look at his recent form, it's been pretty good. You look at his last three events, he's been top 30. Um, so I think, you know, again, I don't know. And, and this is his first time too, right? I think this is his first time. No, this is not Chris Wood's first time. He was there last year for sure. Oh, he was here. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think again, sixty five hundred. I don't know. Could be worth a flyer. I'm totally with Baldo though on Molinari. I think that is. is I don't. I'm not sure. I understand the price there for him. So, um, so there you saw go. him today. Too. And I'm not really he just tiny. He's a tiny man. <laughs> Bal- I guess Baldo could put today. Baldo could put Molinari in his pocket, take him along. For a ride, he's a really small person. <laughs> um, what do you think about Johnny Vegas, Valdo? I mean, one of the best names in golf. Really, um, <laughs> Johnny Vegas? <laughs> I mean, so he's got a good name. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't I yeah, mean, but I, it's I spelled J H. That's that's confusing as hell. <laughs> I don't know. Um. Yeah, I mean, I've played a fair bit of golf with him. He's a, when he gets going, he's a tremendous ball striker. I mean, ridiculous to watch. Um, just um, struggles a little bit around the greens from what I can tell. But, you know, when it's on, he wins. As, as he's brought to you one twice now, three times. Um, you know, he's, he's very hot and cold, but very, very, very good iron player. Um, flights at low, gets a lot of spin. So sort of between those two, um, if you're looking for something down in that range, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll go. I've really only got two left when we start going down lower, and I think Kelson is awesome. I think that's that's way too cheap um, with this wind and par golf um, and using your brain. And then the last one, when you go way down, that is if if you want to stack, you know, you want to stack Trevor Immelman starting to show some form. He hasn't played much, but when he's played, he's what was he made two cuts and finished twentieth or whatever. He finished Puerto Rico, and he's you know second lowest price on there. So I mean between between him and Kelson, I think you can make up some serious uh, some serious good teams using those and, and flip the coin. Man, I did not see a Trevor Immelman pick coming tonight. <laughs> I did not. Stuff, I do though, like Warren. I like my, my next Kelsey question take. was my next question was going to be give me the lowest guy you would take. Let's let's just say in the millimaker, maker, which you're going to have to get really creative, like because there's so many people entering. So a Trevor Immelman lineup could very easily win the millimaker. maker. 
So Pat, what about you? Uh, what is the lowest? What is the lowest player you would take in the Millie Maker? If you were playing the Millie Maker, what's the lowest you would go? Uh, for me, it, it'd probably be it'd probably be Kelson at sixty five hundred. I, I just don't know if I can get. Yeah, Longer sitting there right there at sixty four hundred, but I actually think he'll the ownership on him might be a little bit higher than. Um, than you would typically see just because of his, his you know recent form and then obviously course history here. So I think if I'm going to go kind of a flyer pick for GPP reasons, Kelton's going to be my guy at 6,500. Um, I, I really wanted to go Sean O'Hare, but I don't like his form oh, right God. now. No, I, I kind of like Sean O'Hare. Um, He's he's played here. He played here like three years hair? in a row. Back in do you like huh? his hair? Do you like no. his hair? I mean, I know you like hair, you know like product and everything, right? That's stupid. No, um, <laughs> I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go Kel- Kelton as well. I mean, he, he was he was in contention a little bit. Third, second, third round last year. I remember seeing his name up on the leaderboard, kind of scratching my head a little bit on this guy. So I think if the weather if the weather is poor, I think Kelton is interesting. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think as low as I'll go. I don't know that I'll really try any Trevor Immelman, but that's interesting. Very interesting. Out of um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I right. don't know. I just, I yeah, I, I just see it there. I just, I just see. I don't know what he ended up finishing Puerto Rico, and then also at uh, where did he play API? I think, or was it Travel? It's one of the two. Um, where he just missed the cut there, or even made it. I don't know. I just, I just watched him swing at Puerto Rico, and then where he finished, made a lot of birdies. Puerto Rico, it shows. It shows he missed the cut at Puerto Rico, but it no, looked he missed like the he cut missed. at Puerto Rico. Oh, he was even far. He? Um, he was even at Puerto Rico. Five oh, okay. birdies. Sorry, so, so, so I saw. Uh, oh yeah, okay. So he so he finished. Yeah, I see his stats there. So he had uh, round one at Arnold Palmer. Shot it under par. Tough day in yeah. the morning, and then Puerto Rico shot level par for two days, missed by one. Um, so. I just see a lot of upside there if you're looking for you know, you to go down that line. That's all. Yeah. Now you know, you know we we forgot to mention a couple of the guys that are that have not been added to the DraftKings field yet, which I do think is important. Um, you've got obviously Russell Henley coming off the win at Shell Houston Open, Hanahara who took DJ to the last hole at the WGC match play a couple of weeks ago. You've got the the fellow Aussie Mark Leishman, and then you've got Ross Fisher are yet to be added to the DraftKings pool. Um, any thoughts on on those four, uh, Pat? I'll start with you. Um, I mean, obviously we don't know their I, price, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I think if if I'm looking at those guys, I, I probably I don't know Leishman to me kind of stands out a little bit. He's he's sort of a guy that. You know, has experience, you know, out here and and could be, play that par golf well. So I kind of like Leishman, and then Henley's he's a great putter. I mean, Henley is probably one of the better putters on tour. So you know, just coming in off hot off of a of a win, but I'd like to see. We won't. We don't know what their price at yet, but those two stand out for me out of the four. Dotto, what about you? If you don't have a hundred percent Leishman this week, you are doing it wrong. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. I do Paul, not care about up. prices. I do not care about free play, <laughs> anything. If you do not have 100% Leishman, you are doing it wrong. That's awesome. If you, if, if, if you, if you, uh, if you look at, he, he flies so far under the radar how good a ball striker he is. 
he's always struggled um, a little bit with his putting. His his putting stats have been uh, awesome this year. Um, you talk majors. What's he finished third in the Masters? Just missed that playoff by one. Lost in a playoff at St Andrews. Same I mean, yeah. what what what? You know he can compete. You know you know he's got nerves of steel. He just you know yeah won won the API. I mean. He's he's. I mean, if I were to take a guess, I've never done it before. I'm guessing he's going to be around the eighty one hundred. Um, Oof. I think he might I be think maybe lower. even lower. Maybe yeah, even, I think he's going to nah, be lower. No, nah, there's, there's no way he's lower. I mean, the guys are no, doing price, yeah. pricing. No, no I way. bet he's going to be lower. I, th- I think you're. I love it. Like I love the call. I like Leishman, but I, I do think he's going to be lower. Like, would you take? Let's do let's do like a name game here. Would you take Leishman or Louis? Leish. Leishman or Sergio? Leish. Oof. Wow. All right, let's keep going I up. Mean, Leishman or Bubba? Leish. Leishman or Rom? Leish. Leishman or Phil? Leish. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> All right, I got a feeling you're going to take Scott over Lee. Is that right? No, no, I'm not. No. Really? There, right, there is nothing. Say, there I... is nothing. There is nothing in his game right now. His family life, his human element side. There is nothing in there to tell me that he will not compete this week. Okay, nothing. Leishman or Fowler? Fowler was your boy. Like if you um, had to pick one. If I had to pick one, Leishman or Fowler, <clears throat> you know what? I'm just giving him the Australian Ed, Leishman. <laughs> I, now, love look, I love it. I love it. He has it's great. He, like, he's only made, like, if you look at his last, I don't know, this only goes back 10, 20 years, but he's missed the cut three out of four times here. <laughs> yeah, but he's, who cares? Does it matter? He's not a F your course history. That is his F course history. All right. So what's, what, what's McElroy's? What's but, McElroy's? His one, but his one made cut was a T4. <laughs> yeah, missed, missed the playoff by one. Wasn't he paired? Uh, I think he was. He wasn't with wasn't he paired with Louie when Louie made the Albatross on two? Uh, he, was paired, he was paired with Adam Scott when Adam Scott made that putt and become the first. It was one of the. It's one of the greatest Australian sporting pitches um, that we have, um, obviously, back home. Is um, Scott making that putt, going off, um, dropping the putter, and massive. And you see Leash doing the same thing in the background to beat oh, him by man, one. That's awesome. Yeah, that's I remember awesome. that. I do remember yeah. that. That's cool. So, so I'm going to Leash. Love. That's it. Lock it in. Yeah. Glad, glad I brought that up. That would have been a, a major detriment to the listener. <laughs> about <laughs> to like all in on Leishman and we didn't, we didn't even talk about it. All right, cool. Um, that was, that was good stuff. You know, one thing we didn't even talk about, there's like 96 players in the, in the field right now. And you remember, you know, top 50 and ties make it in. So if you're playing cash games, which we didn't talk a whole lot of cash, but if you are playing cash, be aggressive. I think that, I think that lends itself to be a little more aggressive for sure. Um, all right. One and done. Baudo, it sounds like you're one and done. If you were going to pick one, would be uh, let me guess, Leishman. If if you were oh, yeah. if you were I mean, yeah. playing one of those, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Pat, do you know yours already? 
Because I'm I'm debating between two, and I kind of want to see what you do. Yeah, mine's going to be Rory. Rory. But yeah. Leishman's got a better course history than Rory. Why would you say that? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Come on. No, no he doesn't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I, I've been waiting to use some big names here. I'm going to use Hideki. I really like Hideki. That's that's my guy. All right, so Leash, Rory, and Hideki, your one-and-done selections from the from the triple threat here on the Tour Junkies Masters podcast. Um. I think the last thing I, I, I need to say is Pat and I have been working on a tremendous amount of content on rotogrinders.com in the shot in the arm. We have a master's cheat sheet, if you will, that will literally have a write-up on every single player. It'll tell you whether we think you should play them in cash, in GPP, both, or fade. It'll show their course history, their key stats that we're looking at. It'll show everything you need, and it is all for the same price that it is every single week over on rotogrinders.com, so be sure and check that out. Um, anything else Anything else you guys need to cover? I know it's been a long show, but it is the Masters. It's the best It's the best event of the year. So, Pat, you got anything else you need to add? No, I'm just good. I'm excited for the week. I think it's going to be fun. I'm hoping that the dry spell ends, so we'll see. And uh, that's, that's all I got. Baldo, I do want to thank you for coming on. Uh, always appreciate your insight. It's fantastic. Um, you know, we know you've got a lot of experience on tour, and, uh, you know, your insight has been great tonight. So I want to thank you, Bowdo. Appreciate it. Oh, thank you. That was, that was very nice of you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I didn't um, even have to apologize to you on. this time. <laughs> I got something, something going on in the uh, next couple of days in the, in the free play fantasy world. Come check me out at TGA Edge, and uh, we're about to launch something new. So, uh, yeah, come check us out if you want to have a bit of fun and a bit of free play fantasy. Love it, Bowdo. Thanks for being a an ambassador for for us fantasy players. PJ Tour stuff. Um, also, man, ch- you know, g- give our love to Amanda and Kellyanne, your baby girl. Everything going well? Are you uh, are you are you taking care of the baby right now? I am. I'm, I've yeah, the monitor sitting next to me, and she, she's in bed, and uh, just waiting for her to kick and turn. So we're gonna go and pacify and put her back to sleep here shortly. Lovely, lovely. Um, I will say, too, we need to give a quick heads up, Pat, to our listeners for next week. If you know us, you know that Masters Week creates a large hangover for us in many ways. So no guarantees on the Heritage Podcast. (laughs) The following week, we have a pretty big uh, event going on Monday after Masters that we will be periscoping. We'll be periscoping live from Champions Retreat, which is a pretty awesome golf course here in Augusta. And there'll be some special guests hanging around, so we'll do some more Periscope there. And then Tuesday, we're not going to say what it is, but Tuesday we also are probably doing something really freaking cool and hope to Periscope that as well. So between that and the, the Masters hangover, not really sure what we can commit to as far as, a, as far as a podcast next week, but we will do our best, that's for sure. We'll be out of the course all day on Monday for the practice round at the Masters. So um, we're looking forward to that. And we will be in the chat room, as always, on the Daily Marketplace, uh, rotogrinders.com on Wednesday. Pat, any comments on next week? Or you you, you echo that, that sentiment? No, I'll echo, echo that. I mean, I think that <laughs> we'll, we'll, do it, we'll do whatever we can. But we may we, yeah. take a week off. There, there, we could call in sick next week. God, a week off would be awesome. We love this, but a week off would be great. 
Also, uh, tomorrow night, we, we've got, so Monday night, we've got our dinner with the winner, Mike, uh, Mike Riva, your fantasy draft contest winner. It's going to be a good time. We'll be sure to tweet out some stuff about that. You guys follow along. Thanks again, Valdo. We really appreciate it, man. I uh, wish you the best of luck the rest of the year, and congrats on, on that, that new little girl of yours that you, uh, you're, you're monitoring there. We appreciate you taking the time out, and um, thanks for being a loyal tour junkies guy. Thanks, boys. Love it. Always fun to uh, hang out and chat. All right. Everybody, it's Masters Week. It's going to be great. Enjoy it. May your screens be green. See ya. Out. Thank you. Only well and Michael Strahan. Plus, a little cruise ship dancer taking over social media. People were coming up to me and asking me for autographs. It was kind of awkward. But... Right. Well, it's going to be more awkward now. Ellen, today at 3 on NBC4. Imagine moving into a new home and hearing scratching, screeching every night. Inside the walls, hundreds of bats. They just took over the house. I had no idea. Warning signs something could be lurking in your home. Today at 5 on NBC4.